Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today, we will be discussing the capsizing of Adriana, a migrant ship that just recently sank in June of 2023, being overshadowed by the disappearance of the Titan submersible. If you'd like to hear more about this tragic, incredibly recent shipwreck, stay tuned. Quick disclaimer for our younger audience before we dive in. This story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel, political upheaval, assassination, and death that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised for those under the age of 13. Please keep in mind that I'm not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I've done my research. Please also keep in mind that this event was quite recent, and if the information is updated further down the road, we will revisit this incident. Okay, everyone, let's get into it. Alright, so we need to set the scene a bit before we really dive into this ship sinking. If you didn't know, since 2011, the Libyan crisis has been an ever-present humanitarian crisis and political-military instability in Libya. This began with the Arab Spring protests of 2011, leading into a civil war, foreign military intervention, and the ousting and assassination of the brotherly leader of the great socialist people's Libyan Arab, Jamahiriya Muammar Gaddafi. The aftermath of the civil war as well as the proliferation of armed groups has led to continued violence and instability in Libya, erupting into a renewed civil war three years later in 2014. There has been tens of thousands of deaths as a result of the Libyan crisis since 2011, and during both civil wars, Libya's economically crucial oil industry collapsed partially due to most facilities being blockaded or damaged by rival groups. Libya is one of the most oil-rich countries in Africa, so the fact their oil reserves have been reduced so drastically is surprising. As of October 23, 2020, the opposing parties signed a permanent ceasefire, though this has not resolved the humanitarian crisis facing the civilians living in Libya. This instability, alongside instability in neighboring countries, has opened up a large people smuggling business to develop. And this makes Libya a hub for transporting refugees and migrants out of the area across the Mediterranean to the safety of Europe. This as well as the 2022-2023 to Pakistani economic crisis hampering Pakistan's ability to import food products that are essential and is forcing people to leave Pakistan for better opportunities. For our younger audiences and for anyone unaware, we will cover the 2022-2023 to Pakistani economic crisis now. Many of us are familiar with the economic challenges facing the world since the COVID-19 pandemic shutdown affected so many people and changed the way we live life forever. No matter what country you live in or your political affiliation, life is completely different economically and many are struggling. This is the same in Pakistan. The 2022-2023 Pakistani economic crisis is an ongoing economic crisis and part of the 2022-2023 political unrest in Pakistan. It has caused severe economic challenges for months due to rising prices of food, oil, and gas. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has also caused fuel prices globally to rise, with excessive external borrowings by Pakistan over the years causing the currency value to fall and making imports even more expensive. 
By June of 2022, inflation was at an all-time high alongside food prices in Pakistan. And this, coupled with poor governance and low productivity per capita in comparison with other low to middle-income developing countries, have all contributed to a balance of payment crisis. This means the country is unable to earn enough foreign exchange to fund the imports that it's consuming. And this has caused the largest economic crisis for Pakistan since gaining its independence in 1947. This has led to Pakistani people looking for a better life elsewhere. You add all of these things together, the Libyan crisis, the Pakistani economic crisis, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and you get a storm forming over the Mediterranean. Unsafe immigration by any means available. Migration like this is incredibly deadly, and there are a multitude of factors that go into it. First of all, the Northern Africa to Italy sea route, which Adriana would take herself, is a common route for migrants and refugees seeking to get to Europe. But according to the International Organization for Migration, it is one of the deadliest routes on Earth. There have been at least 21,000 recorded deaths since 2014 along this route, with countless others going unrecorded. Human smugglers also add to the danger by cramming hundreds of migrants into unseaworthy vessels, pushing the boats and ships far beyond their capacities, and oftentimes migrants and refugees are locked in holds for days-long journeys. Conditions are poor, with poor hygiene and little space for everyone to sit down or lie. This journey takes migrants across the Mediterranean from Libya to Italy, which is closer than Greece. Smuggling routes like this one have not only seen an increase in traffic, but also an increase in fatal incidents. For example, 3,800 people perished in 2022 while traversing migrant and refugee routes from the Middle East and North Africa, of whom 3,789 of these deaths were on the sea in and around this region. On February 26, 2023, at least 94 people were killed when a wooden boat from Izmir, Turkey, sank off Kutro in southern Italy. And up to that point, it was the deadliest maritime incident in the Mediterranean in 2023, only to have Adriana sadly surpass this. Now we are going to get into Adriana. There are no real specs available for her other than that she was a small fishing trawler around 20 to 30 meters or 66 to 98 feet in length. A trawler, for anyone who is not familiar with the term, is a fishing boat used for trawling. Trawling is a method of fishing that involves actively pulling or dragging a trawl or a fishing net pulled along the bottom of the sea or in midwater at specific depths through the water behind one or more trawlers. So this boat was meant for fishing, not rescuing people. And by the looks of her, she didn't appear to be regularly maintained. The following information is pulled from multiple sources, and if it changes further along the line, I'll do a follow-up video. Adriana departed Tobruk, Libya, south of the Greek island of Crete, on June 10, 2023. On board were an excessive amount of people, estimated at upward of 750 people, according to Alarm Phone, a European rescue support charity that claimed to have received a distress call from Adriana, though this is still a bit fuzzy. The International Organization for Migration, or IOM, has estimated there were around 400 on board. The deputy mayor of Kalamata, Greece, Ioannis Zafiropoulos, stated there were over 500, though I'm unsure of where this estimate came from. From Tobruk, she was to head for Italy, though she'd never make it. 
This is the thing that gets me. I have read so many articles that state that Adriana and her difficult journey were being observed by numerous agencies and media outlets. However, no one appeared to be stepping in to help. On June 13, 2023, the Italian Coast Guard alerted Greek authorities and Frontex, the European Union Border Protection Agency, of an oncoming vessel in distress. Particularly, the Italians made note of and informed the Greeks of Adriana's peculiar movements in the sea. And the Greek Coast Guard said that Frontex aircraft and two merchant ships detected the vessel approaching north at high speeds, which prompted the dispatch of more aircraft and watercraft. According to the Greek Coast Guard, offers for aid were made but vehemently refused. I don't know if I believe that, but that's their story and they're sticking to it. In the afternoon of June 13th, one of the merchant ships approached Adriana and offered their assistance, with the passengers apparently refusing. Later on, another merchant ship also offered their assistance and got the same mind-boggling answer from the passengers. A patrol boat from the Greek Coast Guard approached the deck of the boat in the evening, and they confirmed a large number of migrants. Again, the migrants refused any aid, stating they wanted to continue on to Italy. In each of these three instances, the migrants stated they only wanted food and water, which the Greek patrol ship and a Maltese-flagged merchant ship gladly gave them. Later, this Greek patrol ship would accompany Adriana. The following day on June 14, 2023, at around 1.40 a.m. Eastern European Summertime, the Greek Coast Guard learned that Adriana's engine had actually broken down and the ship was adrift in the Mediterranean. They finally received a plea for aid, to which Coast Guard officers responded by approaching the trawler. According to these officers, as they approached, they, quote, saw the boat take a right turn, then a sharp left, and then another right so big that it caused the vessel to capsize. Some details here are going to get contradictory, so I'll let you know what each side says. According to a later statement by the Greek Coast Guard, they'd used one rope to assess the situation two hours before the ship capsized, which seems a little contradictory to their previous statement, but I digress. Around 10 to 15 minutes after the ship capsized, Adriana was swallowed up by the Ionian Sea, an elongated bay of the Mediterranean Sea, sinking down to the bottom. This area of the Mediterranean averages around 13,000 to 17,000 feet deep, or 4,000 to 5,200 meters deep. For perspective, the North Atlantic where Titanic rests is only about 12,500 feet deep, so this is seriously far down. According to survivors from Adriana, the shipwreck was caused by the Greek Coast Guard attempting to tow the trawler, causing it to capsize. According to the Greek Coast Guard, no one on board was wearing a life vest. The Coast Guard and other officials had just witnessed, by air and sea, on telephone, radio, and radar for 13 hours as Adriana struggled and capsized without power. According to survivors, terrified passengers had telephoned for help, with humanitarian workers assuring them help was on the way. According to survivors, the estimated 750 passengers on board the ship panicked, descending into violence and desperation. Every moment the ship was in danger of capsizing, and an utterly horrific reality faced the passengers. Survivors described being beaten and panicking as they waited for rescue. According to survivors, however, the captain had lost his way by day three and was constantly on a satellite telephone to get help. The migrants paid collectively as much as $3.5 million to be smuggled into Italy, being crammed into the Adriana like sardines in a can, and survivors described the caste system they were divided into. Pakistanis at the bottom, women and children in the middle, and at the top, Syrians, Palestinians, and Egyptians. 
For an extra $50 or so, you could get a spot on the deck. And for some, that turned out to be the difference between living and dying. At least 350 of the passengers were from Pakistan, according to the Pakistani government. Most of these Pakistani passengers were deep in the belly of the trawler, and only 12 survived. Not only this, when the Pakistanis pushed toward the deck, they were beaten with a belt by Egyptian men working with the captain. That is a survival rate of 3% for Pakistani passengers. All women and children perished. Rest in peace to all of those who perished, and I hope the survivors find peace. Based upon satellite imagery, sealed court documents, a flurry of radio signals transmitted in the final hours before the sinking, and more than 20 interviews with officials and survivors, this shipwreck, as with most, was completely preventable. So why wasn't it? Well, this is where it gets controversial, so buckle up, friends. According to the New York Times, dozens of Coast Guard crews and officials were monitoring the Adriana, yet the Greek government allegedly treated the situation more like a law enforcement operation as opposed to a rescue. They didn't send a Navy hospital ship or rescue specialists, instead sending a team that included four masked armed men from a Coast Guard special operations unit. Of course, the Greek authorities have repeatedly stated that the migrants were headed toward Italy and that the migrants refused any assistance. The Greek Ministry of Maritime Affairs did not respond to detailed questions because the shipwreck was under criminal investigation. However, the contradiction for this is that the New York Times has satellite imagery and tracking data they acquired that shows definitively that Adriana was drifting in a loop for her final six and a half hours afloat. In sworn testimony, survivors described other passengers on the ship's upper decks calling for help and even trying to jump onto a commercial tanker that had stopped next to them to provide more potable water. According to survivors, food and potable water had completely run out by day three of the voyage. Of course, as anyone whose character comes into question would, Prime Minister Kyrakos Mitsotakis of Greece defended the Greek Coast Guard during comments made in Brussels at the end of June, calling critics, quote, profoundly unfair. This sinking even evoked rare public criticism from officials in the European Union, though they stayed silent as the Greek government defended themselves. I understand criticism, especially in this situation, being incredibly hard to accept, but I think it is warranted. I think criticism in most situations is healthy. We should question realities presented to us and look for credible explanations. In Greece, nine Egyptian survivors from Adriana were actually arrested, being charged with smuggling and causing the shipwreck of Adriana. In sworn testimonies and interviews from survivors, the nine were accused of brutalizing and extorting passengers. Of course, interviews with the families of these nine complicated things, so that's why we are going to leave these at allegations. At least one of these nine men that were charged with being a smuggler paid more than $4,000 to be on the ship. Would a smuggler have to pay that much? There is so much to this story that is contradictory, convoluted, and downright contemptible. Of the victims so far, 82 have been confirmed dead, including the captain. 500 people are still missing and are sadly more than likely dead as well. I don't think we'll ever truly know what happened, why the ship sank, or who was to blame. Some say it's the Greek Coast Guard to blame, some say it's tied to a Libyan network with ties to Field Marshal Khalifa Haftar, and others say it is an act of God. Hopefully one day we uncover the truth, and I'll continue to update you as more information arises.
please know there is a lot of political upheaval and political conspiracies I did not cover. I try my best to remain neutral and to be a voice for the voiceless victims. That is what is the most important thing for me to get across. The fact that there were human beings who died in this tragedy. With that being said, please keep all political conversations in the comments friendly. We don't need any personal attacks. Everyone's opinion is valid, and I'd love to have a roundtable discussion in the comments section on this disaster. Thank you all so much for being kind and open with me. One of the biggest shames of this tragedy is the fact that the disappearance of the Titan submersible just four days later on June 18th overshadowed the deaths of so many. Those five lives lost on the Titan submersible aren't less valuable, but the Adriana deserved just as much attention, if not more. Thank you to our shipwrecker community for bringing this tragedy to my attention, and I hope the victims rest in peace, and the survivors, their families and friends, and the friends and families of the victims find peace and justice for themselves and their loved ones. Thanks so much to our lovely patrons for subscribing and supporting the channel and myself as a creator. You guys are awesome and it really does help us out. If you'd like to support this channel and future episodes, go to patreon.com slash shipwrecksunday to join. Thank you for tuning in to Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a five-star review as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us. And we are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tune in next Sunday for the story of MV Queen of the North, a Roro ferry that sank surrounded by controversies and scandals. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.